do you view your own success? Are you leading with compassion or are you considered ruthless? There is plenty of room for both types of leaders, but the best way to lead successfully is to balance boldness and integrity, using kindness and compassion to earn respect. Combine this with a go-getter, visionary, and aggressive drive to stay competitive. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks. We'll use the ideas heard today and in this series to help you use every advantage to achieve the best end result. Now, here's your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I am your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and I'm delighted that you've joined us today. Our guest today is Paula Clausen. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Paula, and she is with a nonprofit organization called Project Mercy. In fact, she is the founder of Community Development Pro- Projects, Inc., both president and CEO. So we'll get into that a little bit later. So let me tell you a little about Paula. She is a super special lady. She lives with her family in San Diego, California. And there's a little bit of a story behind Paula where 30 years ago, a friend asked her to go with her on a mission trip to Tijuana, Mexico, simply to give out some donations in Tijuana. And what Paula saw that day 30 years ago were broken down shacks and desperation within families just minutes across the border of the United States. It horrified her. So she was determined right then and there to do something to make a difference, and it didn't take her long to figure out what it was that she was going to do. She realized people needed adequate shelter from the hot blazing sun. From that experience that day, the nonprofit Project Mercy was born, and Paula created a network of volunteers who built homes for impoverished families in the northern Mexico region. Now, I also want to share she's been rewarded for her work in many different ways as the volunteers are rewarded for their giving back to the world. In 2016, she was nominated as CNN's Hero for her work in volunteer outreach. Paula, welcome to today's show. Thank you, Kathy. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and I should, it's, it's our pleasure that you're here. I should let you know, I have the wonderful opportunity to see you a couple of times a year because one of your volunteer partners is actually Clemmer Leadership. And we'll dive into what that history is and how it all developed because a lot of this just happens organically. And what I'd love for you to share, if you would, is let's talk about the name of your organization and what your organization does does. I don't think it covered everything in your bio at the top of the hour. So let's talk about Project Mercy and what are you up to there? Well, it's quite a story and um, a lot of history behind the name Project Mercy. uh, First of all, we're Project M, which we thought was Mexico, Mexico, Mano, Mundo. we didn't know what to call ourselves. We were just a little group of people that were trying to help others. And then I was doing some nonprofit uh, classes, and everybody thought I was saying Prop M and that it was a government um, organization. And so we decided to change it. 
and a priest in Mexico invited us to go and see some people that were in need. And the name of his church was Misericordia, which is Spanish more or less for mercy. So that was an aha moment and Prop M, haha, became Project Mercy. And mercy is really what we have shown throughout the years to a desperate need. People are devastatingly poor right across the border. And Project Mercy has been responsible for trying to give them a chance for a better start in life. That opportunity to take the first step up the ladder for self-respect and improvement and a chance for the children to grow. So there's a lot that's been incorporated into Project Mercy. What we do is build houses, but it's more than that. It uh, involves a lot of heartfelt involvement with the people and the chance of a better life, not just better, adequate lodging. Got it. And I've had the benefit of being in Mexico on one of the trips that Clemmer Leadership did um, some time ago. I, I want to say my trip was around 12 years ago. And um, in one day, see literally a home get construction uh, constructed. Now, these are modest homes, but they're homes. They're um, it's an opportunity, as you say, for people to have the self-respect, but also to be sheltered from the elements. So can you walk us through, because your niche is really in, in the home aspect of it, but it's a long logistical process from start to finish. So can you walk us through um, all the way from the, the beginning of it would be fundraising and volunteer all the way through when a family moves in? What are the steps sure. that you're involved in? Uh, well, it does start, Kathy, uh, quite a long way before even the fundraising we get to know people in the neighborhoods and families actually refer us to other families. It'll be, there's a family around the corner down the road and they're really in need. People really take care of each other down there. Mm -hmm. They recognize that we can help, but they also appreciate that they're not the only ones, that there are other people that are in need. And so we are referred to different people um, through their neighbors. So Project Mercy, we go along and get to know the, the family. We do check that they have the right to live on the piece of land where they are homesteading. And uh, once a family has the piece of paper that says you have a right to live here then we will definitely consider building for them the way people live is so horrific dirt floors 
leaking roofs, scrap wood for walls. And they don't have doors that lock. They don't have windows to shut the elements out. And with the dirt floors, the vermin crawl under the walls at night. I have a story of one lady. I said, "What? I, I'd be afraid to sleep here at night. She said, well, the worst thing is when we go to sleep, the mice come out and you can hear them running around. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get quite emotional about it all when I talk about it because the, the need is so acute. Mm-hmm. So we tell... Um, we have different avenues of, of, and different ways of reaching people. There are many groups that have worked with us for a long time. There are individuals that uh, want to work with us, and once they have done, they come back. And these are the people um, that we rely on to help us sponsor and fund homes for these people that are so badly in need. And there are many ways to fundraise, as you know. You can uh, go to your your club, your church, your rotary, your where you work, your neighbors, and uh, little by little, people accumulate the funds for a house, and we give them the biography of a family. And um, very often, they buy things for that family to help fulfill more of their needs. And um, then they either sponsor a family that another other volunteers build for them, and then they get the photographs of the house that, that has been built, or they go down with their group, and in one day, they build a house. We have um, a Mexican crew that um, helps prepare a slab with the family and um, once a slab is built it takes just one day to build that house so a group will arrive in the morning and there'll be a concrete slab and the family will be living in a shack by the end of the day we are handing over the keys and they are moving in and the joy that everybody shares and witnesses is um, is really profound mm-hmm. and heartwarming. And it is difficult to describe what one feels. You give, but you receive. You give a home, but you make friends. You get to understand where they're coming from and you the bond between the people that are building the house grows um, immeasurably it's it's an incredible experience and uh, I would just encourage anybody and everybody um, to come down sometime and um, and go through this incredible experience themselves because volunteering is volunteering is more than just giving 
Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the benefits of volunteering and what are those surprising takeaways. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one that I experienced about 12 years ago. As you say, we, we came down, crossed the border, and continued on where the work crew had, had um, poured the foundation for the slabs, and we were doing that as well. Everything was very well orchestrated. Worked hard that day, bonded with families, saw how delighted the families were to take the keys to their houses. I think that day there were seven houses completed. And I looked at my husband at the end of the day, actually, when we were riding the bus back, and I said, Gosh, we got pretty dirty and dusty today, didn't we? (laughs) And I looked at my nails, and my nails were chipped. And I looked at him and I said, And you realize that in just a few hours, we're going to be jumping in a shower at a beautiful resort hotel. Mm-hmm. And the folks that we just built a home for, they don't have indoor plumbing. They don't have working electricity. They don't have a hot shower that they get to jump in. What they have are four walls a loft to get their children off the ground, away from the vermin. And so I had that, you know, my heart was torn. In other words, I knew that our group at Clemmer did a lot of good that day. And through Project Mercy, there's still so much more that needs to be done. So what can volunteers do to get in touch with you at Project Mercy? How did they reach out to you, Paula? We have a website, of course, projectmercybaha.org, and um, there is a contact uh, button there, and there's a donate button there. But more than that, there, there's a lot of information. We have a lot of blogs about houses, families, um, food outreach that we have done because this past year has been horrendous. So we have been trying to uh, get food to some of the far-reaching areas that are more out of the way where people are even having a worse time than the other people uh, who can reach work if it's available. That's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But our website has a lot of information and um, you're able to contact us through that. There is a phone number, of course, and and, uh, an email. And um, I just welcome everybody and anybody's interest in the program. Okay, perfect. Now, to be a volunteer, are there any particular skill sets that would be exclusive? I mean, do you need to have volunteer experience in order to to reach out to you? No, no, no. We, um, you know, we we have a lot of contractors and framers and we have handymen and we have people that have never picked up a hammer. And we have uh, teenage kids that uh, youth groups, and they come down and wander around a little aimlessly at first with a blind look on their face, and then dad or someone, uh, a guardian, shows them how to put a, a nail in a piece of wood, and 
it is just a desire, just a willingness to try and give something of yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. I love uh, it. I love it. And that's exactly what my experience was. I know my daughter went and volunteered as well, and that was her experience. It certainly was an experience that my husband had. And um, walking away and knowing how to make a difference, and of course, Clemmer Leadership is just that, a leadership company. And so... um, Don't be surprised if all of a sudden you're dispatched into an area where you have no experience because part of that Clemmer leadership experience is about figuring it out. Even if you don't have all the answers, let's say you've never poured concrete before or even driven a nail, (laughs) there's something magical and special and intentional about that day. You do figure it out because the why is bigger than you are as an individual, Mm -hmm. um, at least from what I've experienced. Um, We are coming up to our first break right now, so I'm going to encourage you to stick with us. We have more to unpackage and share about volunteering and specifically what you can do to support Project Mercy. You've been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Stay tuned for more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Kathy Fairbanks is available to speak for your event or organization. Kathy is the Director of Client Solutions for Clemmer & Associates Leadership Seminars. Kathy and her corporate team provides experiential training introductions to clients worldwide in order to support them in achieving their desired goals. Put Kathy Fairbanks to work for you. Call 800-577-5447 or send an email to Kathy at clemmer.com. The next step for growth is yours. Call 800-577-5447 or email Kathy at klemmer.com. Leadership development isn't limited to people in the executive suites or corporate boardrooms. Employees throughout a company recognize their role in fulfilling the company's mission. Effective leadership is a quality that must be shared by employees from the top down. Clemmer & Associates Corporate Mastery Workshop focuses on key topics to equip each student's development into a highly productive and ethical leader. For more information, visit Clemmer.com. That's K-L-E-M-M-E-R.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at compassionatesamuraishow.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. 
Welcome back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. We have the president and CEO of Project Mercy with us down in San Diego, California. I want to remind everybody to check out their website, which is www. Project Mercy Baja, that's B A J A dot org. If you're interested in finding more out about being a volunteer, making a difference in the world, I cannot recommend this organization. Uh, let's just say I recommend it at the highest level. Our guest today is Paula Clausen, and I want to get a glimpse into Paula's history, her background, and what her family life was like, what her upbringing was. Did that lead you into volunteer work? How did how did you become this mega volunteer? Well, good grief, Kathy. Um, I well, as you may gather, I was raised in England. I was an only child, and I lived a very privileged privileged life. Um, but I had a, an urge to see the world. I wanted to see how other people lived, and um, that led me to emigrate from, right after college. I moved to Switzerland. I moved to Canada. I moved to Hawaii. I don't know why I left. How wonderful. <laughs> but I loved the history of the people. I came to San Diego, and I was still living the good, privileged life in a nice suburban house. And the only experience I ever had of Mexico was uh, was discovering the margarita. Mm-hmm. But one day, I had a friend who said her church had had a mission uh, to Mexico, and she wanted to go back and take some items down and would I like to to go and keep her company so I did and I was as I think we've said horrified uh, by the conditions I'd, (laughs) I'd been to nice hotels and beaches and um and tavernas and I was out in the hills where it was dusty and hot and people were living in shacks that were far worse than a garden shed. I described what they were like, I, but I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the people that were smiling at us and desperately putting their hands up to try and catch and get the donations that we had brought down. And I came back and I thought, it's not right. It's, it's not right. I need to do something. I didn't know what to do. And I had absolutely no idea that 30 years later, I'd be the uh, CEO of a nonprofit organization. I mean, we're small. We're grassroots. But we built over 1,500 houses for families in desperate need over those years. But back to the beginning, I thought, okay, what can I do? And I started taking items down. But one day I walked into a lady's house. I was helping her carry some stuff. And she was sleeping on an old sheet of plywood with her grandson, Her son, teenage son, was sleeping on a blanket on the rocky dirt floor next to the plywood. 
and the other son was sleeping in a rotting car outside. (laughs) He laughed and said he rolled around to dodge the raindrops when it rained because it came through the roof. And I, I was just flabbergasted. I said, you don't need items. I think you need another house. And she just looked at me as if to say, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I went away and I thought, and I thought, and I, I stopped taking items down, but I carried on collecting items, and I had a garage sale. And I took that money, and I went to construction sites, and I said, can I have a few pieces of wood? And then I saw somebody repairing the roof, and I said, can you spare a sheet? <laughs> can you spare a sheet of OSB? And how about two? No, one. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. I, crazy things. And then I'd load them all up in the back of the car and try and make them look as if they were bed by putting um, sheets over it so that if I crossed the border and people stopped me, it wouldn't look as if I was taking lumber down. Uh, Gosh, I was a crazy lady. Mm -hmm. And bit by bit, with the money that I accumulated and the lumber, um, and by badgering my neighbors to come down and help me, uh, I got a a handful of people and we built a house. Just a small little thing in those days. And then 1983, Mother Teresa went down and um, there was a big article in the newspaper about the conditions And she said they were amongst the worst she'd seen. And uh, Jimmy Carter was going down and he had his Habitat for Humanity working right near where I was working. And because of all this, I was able to say to the local media, well, you know, I work down there. Come and take some photographs. And I said to channel the different TV channels, how about coming down with me one day? And I think I was so much of a nuisance that they eventually said yes. But the story, and this, people saw and read and heard and told people and word of mouth and the media brought people in, people had a desire to help. They wanted to know more. And I just accepted all the help that I could get. And I introduced people to what was happening down there. I educated them as to the need. And they educated me as to how I could help, how we could build a better house how we could get discount lumber, how we could get donated lumber. I didn't have to do my garage sales and scour the uh, construction sites anymore. So really, when a door opened, I walked through it. 
when there was an opportunity, I took it. I had no idea where I was going, but I followed the path. Well, I love it. And the path that you had followed, I I kind of chuckle a little bit when you call yourself a nuisance. You are the most graceful nuisance (laughs) I have ever encountered. And you shared some beautiful nuggets about listening to others who have kind of walked that path before you. So when you have that open door and you walk through, you checked in and you were open to mentors telling you, giving you and pouring in their knowledge and expertise. So one of the things that happens often in Clummer, um, we do some preparation work for our big day to go and work with Project Mercy. And everything on my end as a student, um, it comes off as a very well-oiled technical machine that lets your heart get bigger and bigger and bigger. Because all of the the behind-the-scenes elements have been taken care of logistically. And I know you collaborate with Clemmer uh, Leadership around that. What I'd love to hear is how did your relationship form with Brian Clemmer? How did Clemmer get in touch or vice versa with Project Mercy? Well, it was, I believe it was 2003, it's been a long time. Uh, Clemmer has been a, a partner and um, a big section of our backbone, really, for very many years through thick and thin. But it was in 2003, um, there was a foundation that had come to us through the media. And um, one of the, I think it was the, the secretary, called me up and had done a course with Clemmer mm-hmm. and said, I have a group of people that would probably like to do some volunteer work with you. And we're, we're looking for something to do, something that will help people grow. Um, I said, well, how many people... And, oh, maybe a hundred. Oh, you have to be joking. I don't know what to do with a hundred people. Well, these are good people. I th- Well, good grief. Let me think. Let me think, David. His name was David. And I thought and I thought and I called him back and I said, well, you know, you, you describe this. Uh, this is a group of really good people who you think will have a positive impact and it sounds as if it's going to have a positive impact on them. I, I know they will certainly have a great experience. So let, let's just say yes and see where we go. And so we started. And um, I really didn't know what to do. But I thought, okay, they want to work. <laughs> and, of course, in those days I didn't know just how well um, clever participants do work and they amaze me every time uh, but I had some painting I had a little construction I had some slabs as you know you've experienced that that needed to be laid which was with the old fashioned hand concrete mixer 
And those were my favorite days because people would come away looking like the slab they just laid. Um, it's hilarious. So anyway, they came down. We had to, um, we took a bus. I had to have signs and work things out, get them to the site. And everybody got off the bus. And I thought, oh, my goodness, these people aren't, they're going to have a dreadful time. I don't know what's going to happen. And then something amazing did happen. And they got all the work done. And I how do they do this? Here are all these people with no experience. And they're laying slabs. Of course, half of the slabs, as I said, was on them. Um, they're painting. And they didn't get the paint on them. They got the paint on the houses. And they were building walls. And these were people, they were, they were working together. They were following leadership and guidance and they were doing it willingly and I was amazed and impressed and I've always been amazed and impressed um, that these people get the job done they work together they have I don't quite know how they work together but but they do. Whatever you are doing is definitely having a positive impact. And we are eternally grateful for your participation. And I'm just happy to see their smiling faces, dirty hands <laughs> and sweaty brows, but smiling faces because you can see the joy in them. You can see that they realize at the end of the day that they have made a difference to themselves as well as someone else. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and one of the things that I want to share, Paula, working with Project Mercy on that very special day with Clemmer, and it's a little bit different now than it was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're not crossing the border. Um, a good part of that, obviously, is the pandemic that's in place right now. But there's some other reasons. I'd like to think that one of these days we'll, we'll get back across the border as a group. Um, I want to share back in 2003, you started out with about 100 volunteers from Clemmer. I know when my group went in 2009, we were 385 oh, right. students strong. I think there were oh. 10 giant buses. I mean, it was a lot. The most, sorry for interrupting. No problem. It, it was the most incredible, incredible day. It will stand out in my memory forever. It was totally awe-inspiring. It, it was an incredible day. Yeah, when we saw the buses come around the corner, mm -hmm. one after they were on this narrow, dusty road, mm -hmm. and we had prepared for all these different people, and we just saw bus after bus come around the corner. And I think the whole neighborhood, I mean, I think all the neighborhoods within a 10-mile radius almost had come out to see these people. 
who are these crazy guys? Where have they come from? What are they going to do? And my goodness, what you did that day. And the heat, it was, I remember the heat reaching over 110 degrees. Mm-hmm. I do too. <laughs> I remember that well. And there's so many wins. And one of the things that I want to share with you, in many ways, Project Mercy in that day is a catalyst. Almost you are a launching pad for multiple nonprofits that are out there making a difference in the world. Because a lot of our students want to make a difference. And when they come in the doors at Clemmer and pick up the tools, these tools of empowerment, these tools of not how how this can be done. It's the intentional aspect that Clemmer offers in their tools. You literally can serve and pat yourself on the back as a launch pad to this because so many of our students then go back to their hometowns all over the world and create their own nonprofit in making a difference. And that's powerful because they may have walked in um, doing some local volunteering, but then they see what Project Mercy is able to create and the grassroots organization that you've built. And there's some evidence that's created of how this is possible and bring that back into your own community. So I really want to honor you and acknowledge you for that. We are listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour and our guest today is Paula Clausen with Project Mercy in San Diego, California. We have one more segment that I'd like to share with you. Stay tuned for more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Kathy Fairbanks is available to speak for your event or organization. Kathy is the Director of Client Solutions for Clemmer & Associates Leadership Seminars. Kathy and her corporate team provides experiential training introductions to clients worldwide in order to support them in achieving their desired goals. Put Kathy Fairbanks to work for you. Call 800-577-5447 or send an email to Kathy at clemmer.com. The next step for growth is yours. Call 800-577-5447 or email Kathy at klemmer.com. Leadership development isn't limited to people in the executive suites or corporate boardrooms. Employees throughout a company recognize their role in fulfilling the company's mission. Effective leadership is a quality that must be shared by employees from the top down. Clemmer & Associates Corporate Mastery Workshop focuses on key topics to equip each student's development into a highly productive and ethical leader. For more information, visit Clemmer.com. That's K-L-E-M-M-E-R.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. 
If you'd rather send an email, the email address is Kathy at Compassionate Samurai Show.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Welcome back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. We are joined today by guest Paula Clausen. Now, she is the president and CEO at the Community Development Projects, and that typically goes by the name Project Mercy. What Project Mercy does, I want to remind everybody, they build homes. They build homes right across the border from San Diego down in the Tijuana, uh, Mexico area. It is a beautiful way to give back to the world multiple win-wins in this. And one of the reasons that this started, oh gosh, back in 2003, was the founder, Brian Clemmer, basically gave it the thumbs up. Brian was looking for an opportunity for the students of Clemmer Leadership to give back to the world. And Paula's nonprofit provided that opportunity, creating yet another win-win for the world at large. So Paula, share with me a little bit. We're, we're just now observing, uh, in fact, April 7th of this year was the 10-year marking of Brian's unexpected passing. And yeah. that torch has been handed off to two very powerful ladies, one, Mrs. Kimberly Zink, and another, Crystal Zelmer. And Crystal is Brian's daughter. So can you share with me your interactions with Brian as well as as Crystal and how this has continued as a legacy with your passion? Well, gosh, um, when I first met Brian on the the first day uh, when everybody came down and laid concrete slabs and painted the houses. I was just, I didn't really know who he was. There was just this smiling guy who um, was obviously in touch with everybody. And um, I said hello to him and I, I didn't get much beyond that. But Every time, I was surprised as you all came back. I thought it was a one-time only. But I guess I guess it was a positive one-time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he always just had a few nice words to say, and he was just always a constant. And I could see that he had um, excellent relationships with everybody around him. And that there was a lot of respect there. And then, of course, I got to learn what a wonderful person he was and how he had founded all this and given the message out to everyone and was helping people improve their lives. Uh, It was a dreadful shock when he passed just, I think, three days before you came down on um, unexpected um, week uh, of seminars, it was. Did you hear? Somebody said to me, "Did you hear?" I said, "Hear what?" And they explained what had happened, and then I could understand why there was such a subdued um, pall over everyone. And he has been terribly, terribly missed. But look at the legacy. Look at his legacy. Absolutely incredible. He is a, he's a king am- among men. 
-hmm. And um, thank heavens that Kimberly was around to take over his role. And thank heavens that Crystal is a part of Clemmer and is such an incredible messenger. Um, well, what an incredible pair. I, I can't say enough about Brian Clemmer. I didn't understand him the way you all did, but his influence is longstanding and uh, very admirable. Well, thank you for those kind words. And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to, to know Brian as a friend and as a neighbor 12 years before I joined the company. And what I can tell you is Brian walked his talk and talked his walk. And um, we miss him every single day. And at the same time, like you said, you thought the team from Clemmer would be coming down for one project, show up one time, and it would be complete. And the value that is created in showing up a couple of times a year and making a difference for the folks that Project Mercy works with, there's so many wins in that. And Clemmer continues to show up with students who want to make a difference in the world. And one of the things that really occurred and how that's possible is most people don't know, Brian had a 500-year plan. Now, he knew he wasn't going to be mm. living for 500 years. <laughs> you know, he wasn't crazy. Yeah. Um, and the man had a 500-year plan, and that really speaks to legacy. And so with his untimely passing, it took a while for Clemmer leadership to really figure out what what the path is, how are we going to do this? And not only can I say 10 years later, did Clemmer survive the passing of their founder? We're thriving now. Yes, And yes. we're thriving with the leadership tools that Kimberly Zink and Crystal Clemmer Zelmer, that's a mouthful, Clemmer Zelmer, <laughs> has, has, has put forth. In fact, Crystal just launched her brand new book <gasps> about a week ago. It's called Life by Intention. And it's truly Clemmer's desire and intention. Our deepest commitment is to continue to make a difference in this world. And we're honored that we're able to do so um, with the team there at Project Mercy. So it's truly an honor. Let's share a little bit about 2019 to 2020 oh, and now goodness. we're in 2021. What are some of the big pivot moves that you've needed to make from 2020 and now as we emerge into 2021, are you seeing some of those moves lighten up a little bit? Share with me the impact of this worldwide pandemic. Well, my goodness, there has been so many changes, um, but positive to start with, in 2019, we built 74 houses. Mm -hmm. In 2020, we built 22. That will tell you a little bit about the impact. Uh, March 14 last year, 2020, we built a house. We did not know that was going to be the last house we could build for six months because a couple of days later, 
everything shut down. And we, of course, shut down. We had to cancel. We thought we were just postponing our bills, but we had to cancel multiple bills. And to our utmost distress, of course, you guys, Clemmer, was unable to come. So we said, okay, we'll see you in the fall. But, of course, it was not to be. However, one good thing is over the years we have developed and molded and taught um, a small group of Mexican local people to build with us. And um, fortunately, they were skilled enough to be able to take some of the money that had already been sponsored. The people said, well, I'll sponsor a family because I've already paid for the house, even though I can't build the house. These people, our Mexican crew, started building houses every few weeks. So we were able, in a sense, to continue our work in a very slow manner. We had hoped that um, Clemmer would be able to come down in the fall. We had hoped that our annual Baja Challenge, where we build maybe 15 houses plus in a day, um, would be able to take place in October. But for the first time in 21 years, we had to cancel our Baja Challenge. And we had to cancel the second trip for Clemmer. However, what we decided to do, and this is really, um, <laughs> really thanks to Clemmer again, uh, you have been building in the U.S. for a little while, and I'm not sure if you want me to go into everything um, no, we'll, that we we'll, do we'll there. We'll keep some stuff suspenseful. We'll keep some stuff, but we... <laughs> We took your um, an example from something, some of the work that you have done for us. And um, since you're not able to take people across the border at the present time, we decided that we would probably um, try and have encourage people to do more volunteering up here and help to us to build houses down there. Does that make sense? It makes perfectly good sense. So I see what you've done. You've basically taken the Clemmer don't cross the border model and you've adopted that in the pandemic model that and is, that's become your model. Beautiful. That has become our model. And so we are following the pattern of the work that Clemmer has been doing for us. And so you are setting an example and we are telling people of your example and uh, people are sponsoring houses um, they're holding fundraisers they are um, going through their churches they are going through their rotary clubs uh, we have um, university students that are doing their fundraising opportunities through um, uh, media through uh, online and in this way we are we are able to raise money and um, and continue to build 
But we are starting to see people wanting to go back down. And so we are hoping that we can get back to building in Mexico the second half of this year. Fantastic. That's great news. And on a very, very delightful note, um, it looks like the Clemmer Heart of the Samurai will be taking place in June in Woo-hoo. San Diego with Clemmer. Um, as you mentioned, we have conducted our own level of training with Heart of the Samurai for the last year now on a virtual Bases. Right. And that's powerful and that's enriching and it's not the same. It's mm-hmm. not the same. So we're going to have an opportunity to see you in June and fulfill um, the commitment that we have around helping Project Mercy deliver the homes to the families that are in need in Mexico for this project. Um, And we we couldn't be more excited about that. Uh, Absolutely thrilled. So let's share again, Paula. Let's share your website again. I want people to have an opportunity to reach out. If you would list your website for me, and then we'll close out today's show. Yes. um, It is Project Mercy Baja dot org and I want to say that boldness passion compassion if you have compassion it should lead to action and you guys bring it all and I'm forever grateful Oh, well, thank you. Without your passion, we wouldn't have the opportunity uh, to, to deliver our passion. And so it's it's definitely a mutual respect here. And it gives Clemmer, it gives the students an opportunity and it gives the team at Clemmer an opportunity to really live and pour into our mission statement. And Clemmer's mission statement is to create bold, ethical leaders who are committed to a world that works for everyone with no one left out and that allows us to really make a difference in the world with the tools that we were introduced to uh, by Brian Clemmer and of course his mentors introduced it to him. If you'd like more information regarding the Clemmer Leadership Series, both live seminars as well as virtual seminars, you can go to the website www.clemmer.com and check us out. We would be delighted to have you join us in any class anywhere around the world. You have been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I want to thank Paula Clausen, our guest today. And until next week, as Brian Clemmer would say, knock them alive. Thank you for tuning into our show. You can hear the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, be sure to take action and create your own success.